everybody. You know, every week we're going to start with these dumb thing videos and uh, so we don't have to announce what the series is about, right? Just watch us normal human beings just doing dumb things. It's a lot of fun. And we just did this one around the idea of friends doing dumb things together because we're going to talk about friendship today. So if I would invite you to grab these message notes out of your program, if you go ahead and pull those out, that'd be awesome. And you'll be able to follow along uh, with our time together today through the talk. All the Bible verses that I use will be right here. Uh, if you want to, you can grab your Bible and we'll be looking at Proverbs today. be a little difficult because, you know, Proverbs doesn't go sequentially. It goes thematically and then it jumps all around, you know, and so it's really hard to follow along. But uh, I just want to invite you, uh, if you don't own a Bible, uh, that you would, as you leave today, uh, right on side each door, uh, some box, some racks with Bibles on them and just take one. It's our gift to you. We just love to have you, you know, for you to have a Bible in your home and that you could read it. That'd be just our gift to you. Right at the top of the notes and on the screens is our theme verse for the series uh, as we're talking about stopping doing, stop doing dumb things. And it's from Proverbs. It says this. I'm going to ask you if you would read it out loud with me. Okay, ready to go. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. So the idea of the series is this. I kind of laid it out on the first week. Is that what I hope to do and what Proverbs wants us to realize is that we don't have to get through our life and look back and say, I wish I would have done it differently then. But we can actually look right now and we can do it differently now. And we can look at what Proverbs has to say in the area of wisdom, and we can make choices that will impact today and our future as we live them out. And today we're going to look at this whole idea of friendships. Now, this, this is a topic that's really dear to me uh, because I've been, I, I would call it blessed, lucky, God's gift to have some really good friends in my life. Uh, friendships that uh, were shaped over time, many of them. Uh, through life circumstances and situations, uh, friendships with people that built me up, uh, encouraged me, blessed me, challenged me, told me truth when I needed to hear truth in certain ways, uh, friends that I've had for a long time that no longer live here, uh, still carry on those friendships, friends here, uh, and I've just been really uh, feel blessed. And so this whole idea of friends, it, it's really important to me. Uh, and yet... You know, when I thought about this idea of talking about, you know, being friends today, I, I, you know, some of you might be thinking, oh, great, this is going to be Mr. Rogers' neighborhood talk, okay? And we're going to be looking at Mr. Rogers' neighborhood together. It's going to be all soft and squishy and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, we're going to end today by, you know, linking arms together and singing friends are friends forever, you know, and that kind of thing. So that's not what this talk is going to be. In fact, I just want to suggest that you buckle your helmet tightly today because I don't want any concussions, okay, as we go through this time together because God's word can hit hard. And yet it's built, it's meant to build us up. And we're going to look at the whole idea of friendships today. Now, I just want to begin uh, with this quote from Tim Keller, because I think it really does speak clearly to what we want to talk today and, and why it's so important. He says this, you can only be a wise person and lead a wise life if you are great at choosing, forging, and keeping terrific friendships. You can only do that, he says. And so as we look at that, he says something that is, he's learned from experience, but also he's learned from the Bible, but also science proves it as well. There's a lot of studies today about 
uh, uh, friendships and how, you know, when someone has a group of friends around them, even one as opposed to no friends, how the ones that have friends around them are healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, that they're more secure in life, uh, that they are more at ease, uh, that they have less stress. Uh, I was reading this week about some studies, and uh, one of the studies talked about laughter. And it said that uh, when people get together, uh, as opposed to being alone, that when people are together, there's 30% more laughter when they're together as if they're alone. And then it said this also, what I thought was fascinating, is that when people are together and they're laughing, they're actually laughing at things that aren't funny. (laughs) But it just brings out from you this desire to want to share in community laughter. Uh, another study was done, and it took uh, three dozen college students, and it uh, gave all of them a heavy backpack, and then they took them to the base of a mountain that they were going to have to climb up, and then they you know, gave them a rating scale as to how difficult that they thought the mountain climb was actually going to be. So they gave them this rating scale, how difficult it was going to be. And then you know, there were some college students that were there alone and knew no one, and other college students were there with their buddies. And what they discovered is that those who were there alone rated the hill more difficult than those who were there with friends, and they hadn't even climbed it yet. They're just, because they're with someone else, they saw that this was going to be easier for them to do. Okay, so we get the idea. It's important that we talk about this because friendships really matter, okay? So first idea is this about friendships. We're going to jump right in. If I'm going to be wise, I need to actively pursue the gift of friendship. I need to actively pursue the gift of of friendship. And I'm going to begin with Proverbs 17, 17. And it says this, it says, a friend is loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. So basically what this is saying, uh, you know, it's pretty clear, but I want to, you know, kind of make it, see if I can muddy it up a little bit. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Here we go. A friend is loyal and a brother is born in time of need. It's basically saying that friends fulfill a role in our lives that family probably won't fill. So here's what it seems like the writer is saying. It says, the writer seems to be saying that when times are tough, your family will generally, most likely, rally around you. Generally, or most likely, rally around you. They won't always do that. You know, some of us have psycho families, and they're not going to come around us no matter what we do, uh, no matter how bad it is. But basically, in a family, they're generally going to have your back. But here's the deal. Their assistance or their support often comes out of obligation. Obligation. You ever been there? You know, family members in dire straits and, you know, and like, oh, you know, you have to do it, you know, because you're obligated. You don't want to do it and you don't even like them, okay? You're not even sure if you like your family members, but you're obligated to go help them in some way, whether, you know, you like them or not. But the contrast is that friends stand by you, support you, because they want to, because they chose you and chose at that moment to step into your world because they do like you. They do like you, and they want to be with you. That's the contrast here, and that's why it's so important that we have friendships, uh, especially in our mobile society when we're not always going to be around family and actually going to be, you know, me and, you know, for my family, we've lived a long ways from our family all our lives, so we've had to form forge friendships. And so you see the value of that. So I need to pursue friendships. Now, uh, because friends will stand by you because they want to, okay? That's the idea. Now, I'm going to show you a picture that gives you the best picture of friendship I've seen in a long time. Somebody emailed this to me. 
I just let that soak in. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, friends stand on you even at times when the need is there. Okay. Okay, look at this next verse, Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate fools and get in trouble. Okay? Associate fools and get in trouble. So it's saying that the Proverbs saying that our friends shape us. Our friends influence how we view the world. Our our friends uh, affect the choices that we make. Uh, Our friends affect the way that we set our affections and what we set our affections on. So the idea is that if friends are that important to us, to our mental, our social, our physical, uh, spiritual well-being, if they're that important to us, if we're going to pursue them, how do I make and keep friends? Or better yet, what do I look for in friendships, or the best yet, how do I become the kind of person someone else would want to be friends with? How do I do that? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at this next idea, and it's this. I need to apply the glue of friendship. So first, I pursue the gift. Now I'm going to apply the glue of friendship. And we're going to look at this whole idea of applying these instructions from Proverbs. And I'm going to look through uh, six ideas uh, that come you know, thematically from Proverbs. Of course, there could have been more, and there could have been less, too, okay, just so you know. But there's six, and that's what we're going to look at today, of the glue of friendships. And so we're going to look at this. And uh, first of all, you just need to hear, I'm not giving you in this list a program for friendship, okay? So I'm not giving you this list, and now you're going to walk around with a list, and you're going to look at a person, mm, no, yes. <laughs> No, I'm not, this is not the way you're going to use the list, okay? So heads up about that. But you are going to use this list to characterize friendships and to realize the kinds of friends that you want and the kind of friend that other people need if you're going to be that way. Okay, so six ideas. First is I need to be a person of character. I need to be a person of character. Now, we're going to talk, the whole service on December 1st is, we're going to look at all what Proverbs has to say about character, but because this is so important in friendships, I thought I needed to devote a little bit of time to it today, because the people you choose as friends will influence you to become like them. Same as reversed. Who you are will influence other people to become like you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We can can all relate to this. I do. For me, the clearest example of this uh, was when my parents moved, and uh, we moved from a medium-sized town, I'll just say it that even though it's way smaller than this, medium-sized town to a small, tiny town, and it was between my eighth and ninth grade year. And when I came into that town, it, it was much actually like Grass Valleys. We have all kinds, you know, all strata of people that live close, you know, in proximity to each other. There's not like sections where the elite live and then the, you know, the not so elite live over here. They're on the south side of the tracks, anything like that. Everybody lives side by side. And so the high school was like that, much like Nevada Union would be here as well. Well, there was this group of kids when I came into this high school who accepted me. And you know what? You know, between eighth and ninth grade, you're still in that, you know, not even sure, you know, your parents aren't even sure you're a human being yet, and you're not either. And so you're trying to figure it out, and your, your whole deal is about acceptance. And so when I walked into that school, there were some people who accepted me. And I said, wow, you know, there's a group of friends already, and I was a new kid, so I started hanging around with these guys. You know, these guys. Little did I know that they had already begun some experimentation uh, with alcohol and drugs that became use which then became abuse. And so uh, the rest is just history, folks. It's just history. I became who my friends were. I became who my friends were. And those 
friendships that I formed when my, you know, freshman year of high school, they forever changed my future, forever changed my future because I moved into a lifestyle just like they were of alcohol and drug abuse. And so that forever changed my future. In fact, I've thought about this. I've looked back on the five friends. There were five of us. Uh, two are no longer living. One is basically fried uh, from the stuff that we were doing during the time. Uh, one uh, was always a recluse and probably is homeless today. Nearly as I can tell, I could never find this person. There's four, and then there's me, a pastor, believe it or not. You're right. You just kind of think, how did that happen, right? And I want to say, I am only here because of the grace of God, only by the grace of God. I should have been the, one of the ones who didn't make it. Now, I do carry scars, I, you, know, you know, I have hepatitis C, I have liver disease, uh, I go through some seasons of debilitating depression. Uh, I believe that I have memory loss, it's not from age, <laughs> <laughs> memory loss from that time. And, you know, and I, the memories I do have, I have images in my mind that I will carry forever as far as I can see, because they've not gone away yet, of uh, absolute evil. And things that I participated in, was involved in, that still carry, that still, I still carry some of those scars. So I say all that to say this, folks. Your friends shape you. Your friends shape you. And what we learn is that you're more likely to be pulled down than up. You're more likely to be pulled down than up. And that's why this is so important and so critical that we understand. Even as adults, you're more likely to be pulled down as up in life. And so you must choose friends with character. You must make sure that you're choosing friends with character. So if you feel yourself being drawn to someone who you might think would be a friend, what you want to do is you want to do a character study first. So if you're looking and you say, oh my word, you see them make a decision, it's not ethical, or they tell a lie, or you see that they are using um, you know, sexuality in a way that, uh, that you would not believe is biblical, and even expressing, you look at all that, you know, violence, all that stuff, and you say, you know, that's not who I think, then you need to stop the friendship. You need to just pull away because friends do impact your direction. And so we need to, the opposite is, what we need to do is we need to become people of character so that we're able to come alongside and pull people toward living in character. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 12. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way, notice that, carefully, choose them carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray, leads them down the wrong path. And then this one just makes it clear. Mark talked last week about anger, did a great job on that. Uh, but this talks about angry people. It says, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them. You might circle that, be like them and endanger your soul, endanger your soul because of their influence. So we need to become people of character. Next, be a person of commitment. Be a person of commitment. Be a person of constancy. Uh, be a person who can be counted on. Uh, be a person who is committed to the relationship. Uh, and so, you know, what happens is, and you know, when we're going to be in friendships, is that uh, many of our friends are fair weather friends, right? They're just fair weather friends. And so, when something happens that's not in the fair weather zone, whether it's a pinch or whether um, they just, they're, they're not getting from us what they needed to get during that season, then they pull away. I'm just challenging us that we need to have a set of friends. Now, we can't be committed to every one of our acquaintances. So, guys, this really speaks to you. 
Because guys, we like to have lots of acquaintances. And so, uh, and we may have 30 or 40 acquaintances. Well, I'm not talking about those, but I'm saying, guys, you need to also come down to three to five people that you would be in relationship with, that you're committed to, that you will stand by, and they can count on you. Now, look what it says in Proverbs 18, 24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I want you to circle the word sticks. Circle that word sticks. Now, the Bible, the Bible, as you know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the Hebrew word that's translated there as sticks is the same Hebrew word that was translated in Genesis when it talks about a man who would leave his family and he would cleave to his wife. He would cleave to her. And so the idea is, is that I would come into relationship, I would come into friendship with someone, and I will stick to them, and I'm going to be committed to them, and nothing's going to pull us apart, that kind of idea stick to them in that way, to have a commitment that comes out of a passionate love. Now, I know this is a challenge, because isn't it easier, you know, just easier, just like to say, I've got these 30 or 40 acquaintances, and I got this one person that ticked me off or hurt me. I'm done with you. And so you just go on another acquaintance, and you make another friendship. But you know what? The Bible calls us that to be committed to. And one of the reasons I, I really want to you know, stress this today is because oftentimes when we go down into the tunnel of chaos and we're ready to split and run, that's just where God wants us. Just where God wants us. And we're short-circuiting what he wanted to do in them and us through the tunnel of chaos. So we are committed to them. And look what it says in Proverbs 26. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is reliable? Kind of, you know, idea. We have, need to have a reliable friend. Now, uh, I, I'm just going to have some fun for a moment with social media, okay? So we have social media. We have, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat. Uh, we have all the ways that we communicate with each other through social media. And, you know, the, 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 the illusion is, is that when I'm on social media, that I'm actually having real friends or real relationships. And what the understanding is, is that more and more we, you know, look into this phenomenon, is that, no, it's not a real relationship. I'm just sharing tidbits about my life, and you know information about me, but the only way you ever know me is to have a conversation with me. It's just to have a conversation with me. And so what's fascinating about this, and I just want to talk about the, the you know, the uh, falsehood about this whole idea of social media and how it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cover for real relationships. Uh, just, I'm going to share just a couple of things with you. Um, and these are uh, websites, and I probably shouldn't even give them to you because you probably go out and check these out, but here we go. So uh, this is how you can make yourself look better through social media. There's a, there's a website called Socially Up, and on this website, you can buy likes. To your Facebook page. Okay? So 500 likes is $30. So you can get 500 likes for $30, or you can get 20,000 likes for $700. There's another one called Fan Me Now. Fan Me Now. And on Fan Me Now, they will find you uh, Twitter followers. Twitter followers. Okay? So you can buy anywhere from 1,000 Twitter followers to a million Twitter followers, and a million Twitter followers will cost you $1,750, okay? And you can have a million Twitter followers. If you know to, you know, to beef up your, you know, your video, you, your YouTube videos, and the, the, you know, connects on your YouTube videos, you can actually go to a site, and for $150, you can buy 30,000 views, 30,000 views, and for $3,100, they'll make your video go viral, Make it go viral by getting you a million views. So it ends with this. No matter what social media site you're on, you can buy your way to popularity. 
Kind of ends with that whole idea. So, you know, we need to be committed to and not pseudo-relationships, but real relationships. That's what we're going to talk about there. The next is be a person of confidentiality. Be a person of confidentiality. Be someone who can keep a confidence. Be trustworthy. Uh, nothing hurts a friendship more than when a friend tells someone else, a friend, something in confidence and then it comes circling back to them through the gossip or rumor mill. Nothing hurts more than that, you know, the betrayal that comes in that moment where when you share somewhat, you know, something to someone confidence and then they go out and because they have a need to be wanted or a need to be important or a need to, you know, share information, they blab that information out to someone else or they say, you know, my friend's going through something and we need to pray about my, per- my friend. But they're really, you know, sharing information and then the information comes back in and, and the back door and hurts you. So if you're going to be a good friend, you need to say, first of all, I'm going to be a friend who's confident and my friend can count on that. Look at what the Bible says, Proverbs 11. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. And then Proverbs 11, 9a. With their words, the godless destroy their friends. The godless destroy their friends. So we need to be a person of confidentiality. Next, be a person of candor. Candor. Not a common word that we use today, but it really says clearly what we want to talk about here. Be a person who will tell the truth. Be a person that when you see a friend that they're headed for disaster, they're going to fall off the cliff, or they're going to take this step, and they're going to go off the edge. Um, Be a person who's willing to say, I love you too much to let you do this. What happens many times is that we see someone climbing close to the edge and they're going to fall off the edge is that we love ourselves too much to tell our friend that they're going to fall off because we're afraid that if we tell our friend the truth, our friend won't like us, but we're really more concerned about ourselves than them. Friends tell friends the truth. Friends tell friends the truth. Proverbs 27. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. I just want to stop a minute right there. That's what I'm talking about. Hidden love would be, I love, I, I, I can't tell you this because I love you so much. And if I love you, and if I told you this, you'd be crushed. That's hidden love. You know, that I'm going to pretend that I'm holding this in because I love you. But it says better is an open rebuke than that. And then it says wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Better than many kisses. The wounds from a sincere friends. See, a a real friend loves you too much to let you go on in the direction you're going that's going to harm you or harm someone else. They just love you too much. So I know this is hard. Uh, It's really hard for me to do, and I know that for many of us it is as well, uh, because we really all want to be liked, right? And so when I come up to someone and tell them they're going to walk off a cliff and they don't believe that it's a cliff and they don't like me anymore. I'm like, well, rats, you know, they've lost the friendship. But what's more important, that they like me or that I save them? You know, that I save them. So I'm going to give you a, a phrase to put in your head. So when, this, when candor moments come, that you can actually help set the, the, the atmosphere. And, and so the, the candor phrase that you want in your head is this. Before you say something, or maybe even use this as your first sentence, I love you too much not to say this. You think that was your head before you said what you did, so now you're permeating the atmosphere with love, with the idea that I love you. And you're not responsible for how the person receives it when you give it to them in love, when you help them to see in love. So you have candor. Okay, next, be a person of consideration. Consideration. Just be considerate. 
You know what friends do? Friends learn what friends like. But on the other side, friends learn what friends don't like. You know, and so what they do is, is friends learn, you know, what ticks the other friend off. You know, friends learn what bugs the other friend. Friends learn what the pet peeve is that that friend has. So they learn that. And then in most cases, now sometimes just for humor, we'll just do that anyway. But in most cases, we don't do those things because we know that that's going to tick our friend off. And so we want to be considerate to them. So this is what these verses talk about. Proverbs 25, 17. Don't visit your neighbors too often or you will wear out your welcome. And same with friendships, you know, so you need to know that some people, they, they like lots of company and other people don't like lots of company. And so some people have, you know, limits and boundaries and those kinds of things. And so you just want to make sure that you understand what uh, the relationship can handle before you keep giving it, okay, in that way. And then next is this, this is even better. Sing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart, this is consideration, is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar on a wound. So I'm just saying, you need to know what your friend's going through. And there's nothing worse in a friendship when you're down in the blues in the bottom and someone comes along and it's a happy, happy, happy day, happy day, happy day, happy day. Isn't it awesome? And this guy over here has just like been crushed down there and says, when you do that and you're thinking, I'm going to lift him up by it's a happy, happy day. When you do that, it's like taking a coat off in the cold or pouring vinegar into a wound. So be sensitive, okay? Just be sensitive. I know some of us, that's really hard to do. Be sensitive and then be considerate with what you know the friend is going through. If the friend's happy, you can be happy. But if the Bible says to, you know, laugh with those who laugh and to weep with those who weep. And so we do that. Okay, next, last, is be a person of counsel. Be a person of counsel. Be a person of, who has wise advice. Uh, now, you know, the reason, one of the reasons we're having this series and so that every one of us can learn wisdom so that we can make different choices now. Another reason we're having this series is so that we can know wisdom so that when we're in circumstances and situations that that wisdom can be applied, we have it to share. And so we have it to give to those friends. We have counsel when our friends are doing dumb things. And just think about these dumb things videos we've been watching. Imagine if there was a friend around that said, hold it a minute. Imagine what could happen. I'm spitting everywhere. Imagine what could happen if you did this, okay? Just that kind of thing. So you know, just need, we just need to be able to counsel those. We all need someone we can trust. And this has got to be a, someone you can trust because some people just kind of see that their job is to go around and correct everybody. And there's no relationship. So there needs to be a relationship. So you, someone you trust that you've said, you know, maybe that three, circle of three to five people, and you say to that three to five people, you know, if you ever see me doing this, then you say something. You give me your counsel because I want it. So we need to be wise if we're going to be able to share that counsel. So the wiser we become, the more we're going to be a blessing to other people. Look at what Proverbs 27, 9 says. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Proverbs 25, 11. Timely advice is lovely like golden apples in a silver basket. You just get the idea that when we use our words appropriately with counsel, that it's, it doesn't stink, <laughs> it smells good, and it's beautiful like these golden apples in a silver basket, that kind of thing. So it's valuable to them. So when you hear what the Bible has to say about friendships, I don't know about you, but, you know, as I was doing my study, and, and um, I just had started having a longing, first for the friends I have, that I would communicate something to them about, you know, that I'm a friend with them, but just a longing 
is there more? Can I have more than I have? I just, you long for that. You long to have people in your life that you can have relationship with like we've talked about today. And that's what God wants us to pursue is that longing. But at the same time, what you realize is, you know, maybe this longing is from God, but it's possible the reason that I don't have the friends that I'd like to have is I'm not the kind of friend that they'd want to have. I'm not that kind of friend. And so you look at that and you say, okay, God, I need you to change me. I need you to give me the strength to be the kind of friend that my friends need or that my future friends will be attracted to so that we can form relationship. And these six things, I think they're key to us becoming the kind of friend that other people want to be around. But, I'm just going to give you the but now. Here it is. If I were to take the Proverbs out of today's talk, just, you know, take all the Proverbs out, I could be doing this as a seminar at the Holbrook today. It's a seminar at the Holbrook. How to have great friends, and there'd be a lot of people there, and they would all be laughing just like, and they'd be feeling just like, they'd be right there. Without the Proverbs, this could just be a self-help seminar. But if you remember from the beginning, I said Proverbs are Christ-centric, Christ-centric, and that it's all about helping us to realize how to live in relationship with God, live in relationship with Him. So, you know, I've got a really good friend, and uh, this friend and I were talking, and she was talking about being stuck in a particular place, and uh, just a word of wisdom that I felt God gave me at that moment was this, because she was stuck and not changing, and I know her heart, I know how hard she's tried to change. I just looked at her, and I said, you know, if you would have, you could have. I mean, if you could have, you would have. If you could have changed, you would have changed. It's true. All of us. All of us. If we could, if we could change, we would have changed. If it's just self-help. But if we take it beyond that, we take it to what God can do, then it becomes more. And so the last idea I want to share with you, if I'm going to get this whole thing and be wise about friendships, I need to embrace the greatest friendship. I need to embrace the greatest friendship. See, I get the power to be the kind of friend I want to be when I'm walking with the friend who has the most power. I get that friend. See, it may, this may come as a huge surprise for some of you. Like, I'm twisting this now. It may be such a huge surprise for some of you to believe that God wants to be your friend, that he wants to walk with you and relationship. And this is the good news of Jesus Christ. See, we don't have to go looking for God. Um, God came looking for us. He came looking to be in relationship with us, and he invites us to be his friend. I know it's just mind-boggling to think that God wants to be our friend, but he does. In fact, on the last night before Jesus went to a cross to show how much he loved us by dying, he said these words in John 15. He says this, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. I just want to clear one thing up. As you read that, you might be thinking right now that what Jesus is saying is if I keep his commands perfectly, I can be his friend. Now, if Jesus were saying that, 
Jesus would have no human friends. Got it? No human friends, because nobody in this room can keep every one of his commands perfectly. Perfectly. What God wants us to do is to walk with him in relationship. Walk with him. In fact, in the Old Testament, it says that people walked with God. It talks about Enoch. He walked with God. What that means is that Enoch was God's friend. And he invites you into relationship to be his friend. And he made it possible. And then he makes it possible to be the kind of friend you want to be through what Jesus Christ does in you to transform you so he can do what you can't do. He can do it. Look what it says in, John, in Romans chapter 5. Just wrap up. So now... We can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. We can be friends with him. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and let's pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for that challenge right there. The challenge is that you invite all of us to be your friend. It's not based on what we can do, but based on what you did. When your son, Jesus Christ, laid his life down so that we could be friends of God. And God, I know that not everyone in the room has ever said, you know, come to a place where they'd be willing to say yes to Jesus Christ. Yes to relationship, yes to friendship. Maybe they've never heard it before and this is the first time it's been clearly presented. Or maybe they've been resistant. Maybe they're angry at you, God, in some way. I want to invite you today, wherever you are, that you might say yes to Jesus Christ today. That you would say right now, you don't have to say this out loud, you just say, Jesus Christ, I am a sinner. I have done wrong. In fact, my bag of regrets is huge. And I believe today that you died on the cross so that I could become friends with God, which means my sins had to be forgiven. So I believe that you made it possible for me to be forgiven. And I want to receive that today and receive your cleansing. And Jesus Christ, I want to walk with you for the rest of my days. Walk in relationship with you as the character forger. With you as the one who changes me. Who makes me more like you. Makes me the friend that my friends need makes me the kind of person I deeply inside want to be. And so, Jesus, I come to you now, and I ask that as we walk together now with the Father, and this is for every one of us, as we walk together to now with the Father, that we would learn what it means to be in relationship with you, holy God. And that is the only path to freedom to wholeness, to friendship. And I thank you for grace as we stumble along the way.
Help us to become the people you want us to be so we can be the friends our friends need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.